Bless the Lord. We are back. Calvary Apostolic Ministries is here in your home, perhaps in your cell group, or who knows, even at your church. And we've come to bless you. We have come to bring the unadulterated word of God to you, your family, and your church. Without further ado, let us turn to Leviticus chapter 23, and we commence reading from verse 15 to 21. And you shall count for yourselves from the day after the Sabbath, from the day that you brought the chief of the wave offering, seven Sabbaths shall be completed. Count 50 days to the day after the seventh Sabbath, then you shall offer a new grain offering to the Lord. You shall bring from your dwellings two wave loaves of two-tenths of an ephah. They shall be of fine flour, they shall be baked with leaven. They are the first fruits to the Lord. And you shall offer with the bread seven lambs of the first year without blemish, one young bull and two rams. They shall be as a burnt offering to the Lord, with their grain offering and their drink offerings, an offering made by fire for a sweet aroma to the Lord. Then you shall sacrifice one kid of the goats as a sin offering, and two male lambs of the first year as a sacrifice of a peace offering. The priest shall wave them with the bread of the first fruits as a wave offering before the Lord with the two lambs. They shall be, be holy to the Lord for the priest. And he shall proclaim on the same day that it is a holy convocation to you. You shall do no customary work on it. It shall be a statute forever in all your dwellings throughout your generation. Let's pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you, God, for the Feast of Pentecost. And we thank you, God, as we study the Old Testament, we see the typological, prophetical insights that Pentecost has in the Old Testament. We thank you for the Old Testament Pentecost. But God, we are overwhelmed with the reality of the New Pentecost, the New Testament Pentecost. And Father, as we convey this New Testament Pentecost to your church, we pray for the quickening power of the Spirit of God to grant understanding that your people might really know what Pentecost is all about. And I pray it in Jesus' name with much thanksgiving. Amen. Praise the Lord. May God add His blessing to the reading of His Word. But I think it'd be appropriate also if we read uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. Acts chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Amen. May God add His blessing to the reading of His precious and holy word. Amen. Praise God. I have to apologize to you. I mentioned in the last tape on 
Pentecost, and that's several months ago, that I'll be drawing a chart to explain the seven feast days. Well, I apologize. We will do that next week. This week, I will concentrate on what Pentecost is truly all about. Amen. And then also, I have to apologize for last week. You know, um, we were so excited and filled with the Spirit of God that I never took care of my of, of, of myself. Um, my wife said, Joe, when she saw the video, your, 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 your sleeve is untied and it's flapping all over. So, boy, I hope that wasn't a distraction, but I apologize for that. Amen. Now, let us consider the biblical names also given for Pentecost. One, it is known as the Feast of Weeks. Two, it is known as the Feast of Harvest. Three, it is known as the Feast of First Fruits. Time does not permit us to read the appropriate scriptures, but we will give you these scriptures. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 9 to 10. Exodus chapter 23, verse 16. And Exodus chapter 34, verse 22. Now note, the, the feast of the first fruits of the total harvest. Amen. This is what Pentecost really speaks about. It's the feast of harvest. The feast of the first fruits of the total harvest. Note that on the day of Pentecost, when God's people came before the Lord, they brought offerings, meat offerings. Uh, two wave loaves, seven lambs, and one goat. They brought this to the Lord as sacrifices, as offerings. Now, out of this, the modern day church is emphasizing a seed offering, a financial seed offering. That no doubt they teach that God will multiply back to you 34, 64, and 100 fold. Now, I do believe in seed faith offering. I do believe when we give a seed as such to the work of the Lord. God will bless us. But what I will say, and I say it categorically, that we don't give to God to get from God. We give to God because we love God, and we give to people out of love's compulsion. We see the need and we give. We're not in the business to get. We're in the business to give. Amen. If we study God and God's relationship with us, the whole uh, way that God deals with you and I is giving of himself, giving of himself. And we are to emulate God. We are to give, give, give. Yes, we will give. Amen. And God, we know, will bless us. Amen. But our motivation in giving is not to receive. It is to be but a blessing. I'm not knocking these people down. But in my mind, this is not what God is really speaking of concerning Pentecost and that which was brought to God. Let me convey to you what I personally feel Pentecost is all about. Now, there are four feasts that are interrelated as such with um, Pentecost. That is the Passover, first fruits, unleavened bread, 
No, it's Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits, and Pentecost. Amen. Now, when we consider these four feast days, they have a great, great typological truth towards the crucifixion, towards the burial, and towards the resurrection, and even the great harvest of Pentecost. So it's with this in mind that we must approach Pentecost. Now, let's consider first and foremost the Passover. The Passover, if we remember rightly, speaks of the deliverance of the Jewish nation from Egypt. For 430 long years, they were in captivity. They were slaves. The pharaohs ruled over them as hard tossed masters. They cried unto the Lord, and the Lord sent Moses and Aaron to deliver them. You know how that the pharaoh resisted. And though through Moses and Aaron, God performed wondrous miracles, instead of the miracles softening his heart, it hardened his heart. And the only way that God could deliver his people out of the hand of Pharaoh was that God shed blood. What was the last plague? The last plague was the death of all the firstborn in Egypt, right from Pharaoh's son to the animals. Now, the way that God's people escaped the angel of death was that Moses received revelation from God that he was to take a lamb and a lamb for each house, slaughter the lamb, take the blood thereof that flowed from the, from the slaughter of the animal and apply the blood upon the doorposts, uh, uh, the two doorposts and the lintel of the door. But notice, not on the floor. It was on the sides of the door and upon the lintel. And God said he will send an angel of death throughout the land of Egypt. But wherever God's angels saw the blood, they passed over that door. And death did knock and enter, did not, not knock on that door and enter into that home. So this is how we get the Passover lamb. Amen. Now that is a type and a picture of what Jesus Christ has done. Passover is a type of the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross of Calvary. Notice the scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. Purge out the old leaven, that it may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Jesus Christ is our Passover lamb. Amen. The perfect sacrifice. John the Baptist said these words. He cried out aloud, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Let's consider uh, the unleavened, the unleavened uh, bread, that other feast day. This spoke about the burial of who? Of Jesus Christ. Now, notice God in his wisdom emphasizes unleavened bread. 
It was not mixed with yeast or anything. And if you study the word of God and see the symbolism of, 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 of yeast and all this type of thing, you know it spoke of false doctrine. It spoke of sin. And that's why God in his wisdom says unleavened bread. And the type and picture of all this is that Jesus Christ, who was buried, was without sin. Then the Bible speaks of the other feast day, the feast of first fruits. Now, this speaks of the resurrection. Jesus Christ is the first fruits of the dead. Notice 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 20. But now is Christ risen from the dead. Someone shout hallelujah. And become the first fruits of them who sleep. 1 Corinthians 15, 23. But every man in his own order, Christ the first fruits, afterwards, they that are Christ at his coming. Now, you see that? Now, let's talk uh, 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 about the Passover. No, sorry, I spoke about the Passover already. The, the Pentecost, Pentecost. Let's speak about Pentecost. It's also known as, as I said earlier on, the Feast of Harvest and the Feast of First Fruits. With that in mind, God gives us a clue to what Pentecost entails, what Pentecost is all about. Amen? Pentecost is not so much, look at me, is not so much you and I, the emphasis on bringing a sacrifice to God. Pentecost the emphasis is that it is harvest time. It's time of reaping. Now, if that be true, if Pentecost is harvest time, if Passover speaks of Christ as our Passover lamb, if, if, if unleavened bread speaks about he that knew no sin was buried, and first fruit speaks of his resurrection, what then does Pentecost speak of? Like I said, it speaks of harvest time. But here is the question. Just what is the harvest? Just what is the harvest? Now, a clue is also given there. It's the harvest of the first fruits. Amen. Who is the first fruit? Who is the first fruit? Jesus Christ. But then it says, the first fruits of the harvest. Amen. Jesus is the first person that rose triumphantly over death and sin. Praise God. Now, let us see how that Pentecost relates to the church. Now, there were the four Jewish feast days. Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Feast of First Fruits, and Pentecost. Pentecost, in reality, is the birth of the church. At Pentecost, God ushers in a new dispensation. In the last video concerning Pentecost, I made a distinction between Old Testament Pentecost and the New Testament Pentecost. According to Jewish, um, Jewish custom, although the Bible does not teach it, the Jewish custom teaches that um, Pentecost um, 
at the day of Pentecost, the law was given. We cannot prove it from the word of God, but Jewish culture, custom speaks of this. Now, be that so and be that true. Remember, I said the great distinction between the two. If Pentecost is associated with the law in the Old Testament, the New Testament Pentecost is not associated with the law. The law came via Moses, but grace and truth came via Jesus Christ. And when was it? On the day of the New Testament Pentecost. Pentecost is the birth of the church. Now, it is essential that we understand who the church is that was born on the day of Pentecost, the birth of the church. The church is the ecclesia, the called out ones, called out of darkness into the glorious light. The church are sinners made righteous by the ultimate and once and for all sacrifice of Jesus Christ. The church are those who have not just been accepted by Christ, there are those who are sanctified, set apart, and justified just as if they had not sinned. The church are the sons and daughters of God, for as many as received him, to them God gave power to become the sons and the daughters of God. The church are those born again children of God. The church are those who have a new nature. All things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Those in the church have a new nature, and that the very nature of Christ. Amen. Let me say that in another way to you this morning. The church has been born on the day of Pentecost. Amen. And on the day of Pentecost, God began to reap a harvest through the ministry of the Spirit of God. And that which was lost to mankind has been restored to mankind from the day of Pentecost, a day of harvest. Now, let us discover what has been harvested and what had taken place on the day of Pentecost and still is taking place in the dispensation of the Spirit of God, also known as the dispensation of the church. Let me remind you of Adam and Eve. You know quite well that according to Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, God said these words, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit spoke to each other. They had a meeting and they said, let us create man in our image and after our likeness. They agreed. Amen. They went one step beyond the angels. The angels were spirit beings, but, were, but they were not created in the image and likeness of God. And therefore God created Adam. He formed him out of the dust of the ground and God gave him the kiss of life. God breathed by the Spirit into Adam the breath of life. By this kiss, it was not just an impartation of life. More than that, it was an impartation of the nature and the glory of God. God had said, 
Let us create man in our image and our likeness. And to understand this, we have to understand who God is. And my Bible says God is love. My Bible says God is holy. My Bible says that God is eternal. And when God breathed into Adam the breath of life, it was more than a, a kiss of the impartation of life. It was the very nature of God being imparted into Adam. That loving nature that we see in man is but from God's breath. That loving nature uh, is but from God. Holiness now that we see in the church and all that is but from God. This is what Pentecost is all about. It is the renewal of fallen man. The harvest of the first fruits. Jesus is the first fruit of the harvest. And you know and I know Jesus Christ is without sin. Jesus Christ is God. And whether you understand it or not or believe it or not, man was created in the image and likeness of Jesus Christ. Amen. And when the Spirit of God was poured out and He reaped those 3,000 souls on the day of Pentecost. He renewed them. Amen. He renewed them. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name. The church is the harvest that the Holy Spirit reaped on the day of Pentecost and is still reaping to this very day. For when the Spirit of God shall come, He will convict the world of sin and judgment and of righteousness. Jesus is the head of the church. The church is his body. Amen. Pentecost deals with the church. It deals with the head of the church and the body of the church, mankind. Jesus is the first fruit of the church. And the church is the fruit of his labor. The church is the fruit of his sacrifice. The church is the fruit of his resurrection. Amen. Jesus is our first wave offering that rose triumphantly over sin and death. Just as the first fruit was weighed before the Lord by the high priest, with the high priest trusting that God would ensure that the rest of the harvest would be as good as the first wave offering in like manner. Has the Holy Spirit reaped the harvest just like Jesus, our first fruit, our first wave offering, is and was? Note the two symbols of the Holy Spirit mentioned in Act two, Acts 2, when the Spirit of God was poured out on the day of Pentecost. A mighty rushing wind and tongues of fire. I said to you earlier on that God breathed into Adam. God gave him the kiss of life. God breathed not just life into Adam, but he breathed his very nature into Adam. And let me say this. On the day of Pentecost, a mighty rushing wind came. A type of the breath of God, a fresh breath of God through the Spirit that was breathed upon all those 120 in the upper room. A fresh kiss of life. The image and likeness of God 
which was lost because of the fall and of Adam and Eve has been restored to mankind through the work of the Spirit of God on the day of Pentecost. This is what Pentecost is all about. It's not about mankind bringing and offering three or four offerings to God. It's not about seed faith. It is about what God has restored to you and I. Let me say this. The offering you and I don't bring to the Lord on our days of Pentecost. Jesus Christ in the Passover, hallelujah, is the only ultimate sacrifice that God required for you and I to become like Jesus through the ingathering of the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost. I don't bring an offering to God. Jesus already has brought that offering. But we will talk further on what God requires of you and I concerning an offering. Yes, amen. Pentecost breathes new life on mankind. It convicts man that is the Spirit of God, not it, he's a person. It convicts man of sin and of judgment and of the righteous, righteousness of Jesus Christ. Yes, to me, Pentecost first and foremost deals with the restoration, the renewal of true life. The very image and likeness of God in man is restored. Let me say this categorically. The emphasis on Pentecost in the New Testament is not what you bring to God. It is what God brings to you and more than that. The meat offering and the wave offering and all this. That is Old Testament. Amen. That is Old Testament. And we love and we appreciate the Old Testament because it's full of typological prophecies. But look here. I don't need to go back. Listen to me carefully. You need not to go back to the type. Let's live in the reality of what the type spoke about. And the reality is this, that Jesus died for you and I on the cross. He is our Passover lamb. He is our unleavened bread. And he is our resurrection. And praise God, he prayed the Father. And the Father sent the Spirit of God that a harvest might be reaped, likened unto his Son, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We're going to conclude this section, part one, and we're going to do a part two. There's so much more that has take, taken place on the day of Pentecost that we, the church, have to revive through the uh, reminding of truth as the Holy Ghost takes the word of God and brings illumination once again. Oh, I trust you understood. I trust you understood what Pentecost is all about. These four feast days that I've spoken of are already fulfilled. Amen. Amen. You don't need to go back to the old. Thank God for the old. But we don't live in the old. We live in the new. Amen. Amen. If the law was given on the day of Pentecost, then praise God, we don't live by the law anymore. We live by grace and truth. Praise God for that. 
Thank God, as you and I stand before God, in you and I, we have become the temple of God, the habitation of the Spirit. Christ dwells in you and I. When God looks from heaven, He sees the fruit of the labor of Jesus Christ. We are likened unto our first fruit. Hallelujah. We are likened unto the unleavened bread. We are likened unto the Passover lamb. We are sanctified and praise God through Pentecost the outpouring of the Spirit of God. We have a new nature and nature that is likened unto the nature of Jesus Christ. Let me say this to you my brother and my sister when God saw Adam upon the face of the earth after God had given him the kiss of life. When God saw him, God said concerning in the rest of the creation it is good but after seeing Adam his ultimate creation the crown in the, the glory of his crowning creation it was as if God was looking in a mirror because God saw his image and likeness in Adam and I want to say this to you this morning because of Pentecost when God looks upon me and Ian and you and the church he sees his son in you and I the image and likeness of God is restored. Oh, that is Pentecost. It's not seed faith giving, my brother. It's not a time for money. It's a time of rejoicing that I have been restored, that you have been restored to Jesus. I'm going to tell you, yes. I'm going to convey to you. I'm going to teach you what is that one ultimate sacrifice that you must bring to God. Oh, hallelujah. Let's pray together. Father, I worship you. I praise you and I magnify your name. I thank you for Pentecost. The reality, oh God, that I've been restored. The nature that God had placed in Adam of himself, it is back in us because of the move of the Spirit of God on that particular day when the day of Pentecost had fully come. Oh, thank you for this dispensation. God, I give you the praise. I give you the glory in Jesus' name with much thanksgiving. Amen. See you later. God bless you. Amen.